Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to Tuesday's edition of the uh, programme, as I mentioned, it was a very, very cold start this morning. Uh, Roads still quite tricky in some areas because it's only it's about two degrees. So it's still the thaw this morning is going to be very, very slow. And the footpaths this morning, certainly when I was coming to work, absolutely lethal. You could see the school children heading to school very tentatively walking. Normally school children love to be skating down the footpaths, but I think they were just so, so icy and slippy. It was literally hard to put one foot in front of the other. And I know John Green was gave us a warning from Bandon for people to particularly take care when crossing the new footbridge in Bandon. And that still remains in place because yesterday morning it co- took quite some time for that footbridge to be safe and for the ice to fully clear. And I heard somebody yesterday had a bit of a, a slip, a bit of a fall on the bridge yesterday. So you do need to take care when crossing and uh, holding on to the hand railings. And thanks to John Green for giving that warning on to us so do be careful and as always and as we did yesterday if when you're out and about driving if you come across an area that's still quite slippy quite dangerous black ice let us know because it's always good at least if we give warnings out to people they can drive with extreme care but I think that's really is the message is to just drive with extreme care while we have this cold spell now I want to start this morning by just referencing some issues we've had on the programme and we were waiting for statements to come back when we contacted various people. For example, yesterday we had calls and texts in from listeners in the Formoy area and this was because of a letter that had been sent out by their local credit union in Formoy, which is Synergy Credit Union to say that they, they were ceasing the death benefit insurance which is paid out to all members of the Formoy Credit Union. So we got on to Synergy Credit Union just to get the update and they actually said they had their AGM on Tuesday. This night of last week and it was at that they announced that the uh, challenges facing credit unions and measures that to be put in place by the board of directors to face to fa- to face these cha- and address these challenges and it's the same really for all credit unions it's you know it's a tricky tricky time for credit unions at the moment and they're all doing their best to make sure that the credit unions stay in place and that they exist uh, going forward so synergy credit unions not like I have to say not unlike some other credit unions have done the same things not all have but some are are going down this uh, route of ceasing the debt 
benefit insurance and it will cease to exist from the 1st of January 2020. So the week after next, they say the reason is twofold. Firstly, they say there's a rising cost of their insurance cover, which has increased annually. It now represents over 26% of the total operating costs. Secondly, there's a reduction in the credit union's income, which is principally due to low investment returns and an analysis of the claims experienced during 2019 identified that the cost of providing the debt benefit insurance amounted to over €111,000 and that was far in excess of the actual benefit that was paid out to members which amounted to half of that just €54,900 so you can the maths simply doesn't uh, add up anyway thank you to for my credit union for getting that press release Andrews it's a lengthy press release I'm just synopsizing because that's the, that's the particular point and I know it will come as a disappointment to members of for my credit union that the debt benefit ceased to exist but they really don't have any choice at all and then do you remember last week we had Ashling join us on the programme she was she lives just outside of Canturk and she had had a knock on the door and a guy trying to take her dogs away and the dog he was claiming to be the dog warden and he was saying to her that she didn't have a licence for her dogs and she got suspicious straight away and when she asked this guy for identification he moved over to his van and he just took off at lightning speed and then when he was gone uh, she went to take his registration numbers he pulled away and he had deliberately concealed his car registration number. So she knew straight away that he was up to something so she got on to us to warn us so that we could get it out and warn other listeners in the hope that he wouldn't be picking up anybody else's dog. So then we obviously immediately got on to Cork County Council just to make absolutely sure that they didn't have dog wardens going going around and collecting dogs that didn't have a licence. Anyway, they've come back to us and they say that dog wardens employed by Cork County Council always carry official council identification cards on their person. They'll introduce themselves upon arrival, they'll state their name and they will also state their job title and you can ask for the identification cards and when they approach you they have to have that identification card on them in person so they won't be going back to the van to get it, going back to the car to get it they have to by law have it on them on person. They say dog wardens also wear distinctive council issued clothing which includes the council insignia as well as stating dog warden on it. Now Ashlyn's guy did have a high vis jacket on him but there was no writing on it and no marking on it. Dog wardens also travel in clearly marked council vans that are adapted for the transportation of dogs and finally dog wardens are obliged by law to produce their official authorisation upon request and should concerned members of the public wish to contact Angarda Siakona the dog warden will wait where and when possible for their arrival. Should members of the public require any further information you can go to their website which is corkcoco.ie or you can telephone the dog warden service on 021 4285405 but really we knew we knew immediately from Ashleen's description that the guy who came to her door certainly was not employed by Cork County Council and certainly wasn't a dog warden so please beware and just while I'm on Cork County Council I saw a little piece in the paper that I said oh well done to Cork County Council on this they're hoping to become the first local authority in this country to be addressed by the climate activist 
Goretta Thunberg. The council's northern division have voted to invite the now 16-year-old to address the local authority and it's expected to get the backing of all the councils in all of the other divisions for the move. And the invitation was proposed by Fine Gael councillor Noel McCarthy who described Goretta Thunberg as an inspiration. And if she cannot appear in person, she's going to be invited to address the council by video link. And that was agreed by Fianna Fáil councillor Gorod Murphy who noted how busy Greta Thunberg was. So well done. And I imagine as well because Greta Thunberg is big into her carbon footprint and I know she certainly doesn't fly anywhere and she goes to great lengths when she went to the States lately. She went by boat and she does that all the time and she travels by train and public transport and she's doing everything to try to reduce her carbon footprint. So she certainly won't jump on a plane and fly into Cork Airport to address Cork County Council. So I imagine if they put it to her, you can do it by video link. She can do it then obviously from home. But it will be really, uh, I I mean, she's just, she's an amazing young girl young woman to listen to. I mean, she really, really knows her stuff. And I know there's been some criticism because she's so young and because she's on the autism spectrum and she can get very upset at times and people are wondering, you know, is our family right to let her do this? But I think it's very much what Greta Thunberg wants to do. And I think it's what Greta Thunberg will always do. I think she will always be a climate change uh, activist. So well done to Cork County Council who, if she agrees, they will be the first local authority in the country to be addressed by Greta Thunberg. Now, coming up, on the programme this morning. Um, at about 20 past 11, Ian Bailey is going to join us. The news broke yesterday that Ian Bailey was arrested on foot of a French extradition warrant. Now, he has, was subsequently then uh, released on bail. Uh, he knew that this day was happening. He went to court. He attended in person. I don't know if he had to attend in person or not, but he decided that he would and was probably the right decision. But there has been two previous uh, European extradition warrants that the Irish government and the Irish courts have said no to and now on the third they've said yes to it. So we're going to talk with Ian Bailey this morning because I particularly want to find out what happens now because I think some people thought when the extradition warrant uh, was um, when it happened yesterday and when he was arrested I think some people thought he was going to be put straight on a plane and then sent to France because of course he has there has been a trial in France Ian Bailey wasn't at the French court he was he was found guilty of Sophie Tuscontiplancia's murder in 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 absence. He wasn't actually there. So there's a lot of questions now. I mean, what would happen if he was extradited? Would he end up going straight to jail? He got 25 years, bearing in mind that this in this country, the DPP twice looked at the case and twice said, no, this man has no case to answer in this court. The French decided to think something differently. So they had this trial uh, without him and they found him guilty. And I think a lot of people were of the view, of course, they were going to find him guilty once they decided to have that court case. And um, people, just, you know, there's a number of people feeling very sorry and feel it's it's very unfair what is happening to Ian Bailey. Some of your thoughts coming in on social media and says, of course, he was found guilty. He, he had no chance they had to blame someone. Christopher said, so this is the Irish justice system agreeing with the French that our justice system is a joke. The state is abandoning a, cis, a citizen who was found innocent in our courts. He was a, he wa, he is already guilty in the eyes of the, of the French. Well, he wasn't found innocent in our courts because our court said he had no case to answer, so he never actually made it to court to be found guilty or innocent. Ed said the Irish government should chimp, simply tell the French to go away. Paul said innocent in the Irish courts, but yet again the state harassed him for years, and now the French are doing the same thing. And the final one, Mick says, if an Irish citizen was 
was murdered abroad. And the suspect that was found to have no case to answer was tried in absentia here. Would that foreign nation think, Asha, we're a thick... We're a thick shower of idiots. We failed the victim. Let's extradite him to some other jurisdiction. Of course, we would not, says uh, Mick. Well, that's to do with the the laws as well in France are very different. And it goes back to colonial times when the French were trying to rule the world and did attempt to rule the world. And it goes, they're they're Napoleonic laws. I mean, they're a very, very old system of laws that you wonder, do they need to be looked at again? Anyway, we will chat with Ian Bailey and get to hear how he is feeling uh, today on the programme. Now, also in a couple of minutes, I'm going to be speaking with the wonderful Anne Hurley from uh, Charleville and we're great friends of Anne here on the programme and she's always been very brave and very honest in sharing her story as she battles and continues to battle cancer. But she has a very different tale of woe to tell us today and it's all to do with trying to rent holiday homes because she needed to get out of her home for a period of time while work was being done and she had a bit of a nightmare can I tell you when she went looking to rent holiday homes in the winter period so we'll chat with Anne about that Mallow Search and Rescue are going to be joining us on the programme today we will be asking you to get onto your computers and your iPads and your smartphones and to put a vote through for Mallow Search and Rescue because they're in one of these competitions it's been organised by one of the banks and if they win they'll get a pot of money and we know how hard it is for Mallow Search and Rescue to keep their to keep their services going because they have to fundraise all the money. So anything that we can do to help them get an extra bit of cash into the bank, we're only too happy to uh, help out. And we'll also preview the Goal Mile. The Goal Mile this year in Cork is going to be held in seven different venues. So hopefully no matter where you are in Cork City or County, there's got to be a goal mile near you. And I know for a lot of families, it has become almost a Christmas tradition that everybody from the little baby in the buggy right up to granny on the Zimmer frame can get out and take part in the goal mile. Because you can do it completely at your own pace. You can run it if you want to. If you are a very fit person and you feel like a nice jog on a Christmas morning, why not jog the Cork mile? Or you can do it at a leisurely pace that will suit all of the family so we'll have the details of where the Cork mile miles are on at uh, this year and then Joe Heffernan joins us for our final chat with Joe for 2019 and as we always do on the last one before Christmas uh, we dedicate uh, a slot to bereavement at Christmas and we think of people who are facing Christmas for the first time that can always be a tricky one but for other family members it can be second third fourth it can be the tenth year and for some families who've had, particularly if it's a very tragic bereavement, Christmas sometimes is never the same. And I always feel for families that had a death close or nearby Christmas, because then forevermore Christmas can be linked with that person and can be linked with a very sad time. So we'll be offering words of advice to anyone. And if you have a question, if you're looking for help with getting through the Christmas period with a bereavement on your mind, uh, feel free to contact us. Anyone who is trying to rent a house privately will know we are in the middle of a housing crisis with demand far outweighing supply. So what happens if you find yourself out of your home and in need of a short term let? When Anne Hurley from Charleville, well known to this programme for sharing her cancer journey, joins me to discuss what happened to her lately when she needed to rent a house. Good morning Joanne. Good morning Patricia. And you are welcome to the programme. Now uh, firstly I suppose explain you had a water leak. How much damage was done and how did that all unfold? Okay the water leak was a slow water leak 
which we didn't um, recognise till the floorboards started lifting in the kitchen. So um, we got in the insurance company and assessors, so the the kitchen was totally ruined, floor, presses. uh, It had travelled into the sitting room, so floors in there, the hall and the corridor. So it could have been a burst pipe from... What it was, was the main pipe coming into the sink, which was at the back of the sink unit, so we couldn't see it, so it was travelling underneath all the time. And just a, a little slow leak, just, yes. oh my God. Yeah. Okay, and then, so so now you're faced with all the floors have to come up. Yes, all the floors had to come up, all the presses had to come out. A load of work had to be done, a load of work. So Which puts your kitchen completely out of action, and of course, you can't everything. function, you can't function without a kitchen. No. So how long did you expect to be out of the house while the workmen moved in? Between four and six weeks. Okay, not too not too not long bad. a period. So you decided to look at renting a holiday property. Yes, they were the only types we could get at this time of the year. You can't get a short term rental on the market only holiday let. Okay. So I um, went on Airbnb, which is the only one I knew. I never booked through there before, and I saw on board letters at the bottom free cancellation within uh, forty eight hours. So I said, look, I'll I'll book this place. And it was close by, so I said it'll be handy for the palliative care team to visit and for the family and keeping an eye on the house. So I booked it on a Friday night about 10 o'clock and on the Sunday morning, PJ said, look, we didn't get definitive dates yet for the start and finish dates. It was really, we shouldn't have booked. So I said, look, we're in the time frame for free cancellation. I'll cancel it till we know more. So I cancelled it. And what they call the owners of the Airbnb are hosts. Yeah. So the host texted me back via Airbnb and said, sorry, you couldn't make it. We understand. So I text back then via the Airbnb website saying, um, when will we be getting our full refund? And was informed, no, for refund of the €2,300. Uh, and and why when it said... Her policy was different. <gasps> I should have read the small print. Oh, yeah, you don't get anything back if you book for a month. That's a cautionary tale for everybody, isn't Very it? Very cautionary tale. So, of course, we were there then and we were going, there's 2,300 euros gone. It's actually gone because they took it out of your account immediately. So I had to email Airbnb HQ. I think that was in San Francisco. And that night, about 10 o'clock, I got an email back from them saying they had convinced the host to return the money. So I got a text from her saying that she had returned the money. And, and we're not obviously saying any names. or, no, or and, no. But we do know, I mean, it was local enough because you wanted to be close to the house. Is it a local person who owns the house? I don't know. You don't know? Don't know. All right, OK. All right, all right so, that's, so that's number one. So you weren't that's going back there one. again, that's for no, sure. So no. you eventually then had to get, get out of the house. So, so you decide a mobile home in Kerry. Mobile home in Kerry, now not a very good option for this time of the year, but we had no choice. So we stayed there for 10 nights and I booked a place close by. We could see the house from the mobile home and it looked beautiful and it looked beautiful on the internet. So, of course, they took the 2,300 out again. So we arrived there on the Friday, the 1st of November, and the very minute I opened the door, I got the smell of must. And cold. It was really, really cold. Now, the house was beautiful. I mean, it was very modern. 
And I said to the manager, gosh, it's so cold here. I said, and I said, I'm undergoing treatment for cancer and I need heat. And she said, oh, there's oil fire central heat and then there's a big stove in there you can light. And I said, fine, but there's an awful smell of must. And she said, well, the place should be aired. It's a new enough building, but it wasn't. So then she put on the oil fire burner, which was inside in the utility room in the house. And the fumes from the oil went all over the corridor into the sitting room. I just, it was making me sick and PJ as well. So off she trotted anyway. And we put on the radiators full on number five. And we had it on for six hours and no way would the house heat up. Not a hope would the house heat up. And then we noticed a big gap in the French doors, which were, which was in front of the settee near the TV. So PJ said, we're wasting our time putting on the heat when you've that gap. The wind was blowing in and all the blinds were blowing all over the, the So room. all the heat was just yeah. going... Because it was a fairly new build, you reckoned? I think she said it was about seven years old. Yeah, you assume that would be super heat yeah. insulated, wouldn't you? But you you couldn't heat it anyway, no matter what. No, you, no matter and what. We and then the fumes you're added. You've fumes. got these. Yeah, we were there going right. If we turn off the oil for central heating, uh, we won't have the fumes, and we'll be fine. And we can light the stove. But PJ said the stove is nearly in front of the French windows, so you'd be getting no heat coming out, and you'd be cold at the back. You know, the very minute you'd get up from the sofa. Yeah, you'd be frozen. The house was so cold. So the following morning, I, I said, no, we can't stay here. Peach said, not a hope. And it took me all I could to email. My hands were so cold. I've never felt the cold in all my life. I couldn't email. My hands were too cold to write on the iPad, to use the iPad with our coats and everything on us. We were so bad, we went down to the mobile home the night before, brought our own bedding up, because the bedding that was there... Uh, there was a, a musty smell off it. So we said, there's no way we can stay in that. So I emailed and I explained, you know, that we could not, not stay in the house. It was too cold. And that when we put on the heat and the fumes from the oil were invading the whole house and over the gap in the door. But look, I said to them, we're willing to give a week's rent or could you move us to a smaller, warm house, we, you know, which or whatever. And they said no. Just straight out no. Straight out no. No matter how many emails I wrote explaining, no. We're, we're taking your 2,300 yep. and even though you've only stayed there for one night, that's it? Yep. That's an expensive it's one night, wasn't it? Very expensive one night. And okay, the re- it's because you, you describe it as being a lovely house and obviously in the middle of summer when yep. somebody's staying there, the, the issues you had, you know, they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have the heating on no, so no. they wouldn't have breeze coming in under the French doors doesn't make a, a difference. No. But... Why was it so musty? I mean, were there people staying there to the end? I looked at the checklist. There was a checklist on the back of the front door yeah. when people come and they check the fire extinguisher and the alarms and everything. And nobody had been there since August. Ah, so September, October. October two, November. Two months yeah. and then hitting into November, it was locked up. And obviously yeah. they don't have the heating coming on on a timer. Well, they said they did, but no way could have had that done. Yeah, and I mean, she didn't even know if there was oil in the tank. So this is house number two, this and and now you are two. down the two thousand uh, three hundred yes. e- euro. Uh, where do you go next? So then we went back to the mobile home. We asked permission could we stay a further two weeks in the mobile home. And are you renting the mobile home as no, well? No, it's our own. Oh, it's your it's own. Okay, the park is closed in September. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you have to get special permission from this organisation, and that but the owners knew the predicament, so they said, you know, no problem at all. Okay. 
so they were very thoughtful about us. And but it's just the mobiles are cold. Very cold. Yeah, Although yeah. it was warmer than the house. Yeah. You yeah. know, which says a lot. So then we go on to house number three. So booked it on internet again through another site, a letting site. And I said to himself, look, third time lucky. And it's near enough to home again. And it's smaller and it's got Alfred central heating and the solid food stove. So we should be fine. So we got there anyway and went in and sat down and took a sigh and looked at the chimney breast inside and water was coming down the chimney breast and the the stove pipe going up the chimney was all rusty and the water was coming down there and we went not again. But we had no other option that time but to stay there for 16 nights because we couldn't lose any more money. How much did you pay for that one? It was 677 sterling because it was a, an English site so I don't know what that I think it was seven something Wow so you yeah. did you did 69 but you did, did I read you had to go home to shower Yeah Why <laughs> You couldn't use the shower Well now I know it's probably it was probably just the grouting and the silicone and everything but the shower was all black. Oh, no, you know? <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. There's a brilliant project you can buy, a mildew remover, and yeah. you spray it on, it disappears. Yeah, but so we couldn't, no, I kept looking at it, and I said, no. No. So we'd come home amongst the debris and have the shower, take the hoses, because they had dehumidifiers in the house, so the hoses were into the shower, you know, to yeah. clean the water. So we take the hoses out, and our shower was cleaner than what was behind yeah, you know, and we couldn't cook in the kitchen because there was no heat in there, and it was so cold. So all himself used to do is go out and the kettle a cup of coffee. But we were out of the house every morning at ten o'clock, and we wouldn't return till eight or nine every night. You you really only slept there. Yeah, because you'd wonder in hindsight, would you've been better off in a B and B? When you know, we were con- thinking, considering now yeah, what you've been through, we were thinking that at the end, would we have been better off? But we. We're the type of people to like our own space. I know. Now, I know. we've got loads of offers from family and friends, you know. But they have their houses and their space. We'd, we'd be the same. But we just got a taste of what it's like for those that are homeless or those that are shunted out of their accommodation. Yeah. And our sympathy just went over the, the limit for them. Yeah, you're looking at the whole homeless situation yes. now with, with very different eyes. Yes. And also I was when I when I was reading your, your Facebook post, which again you've got su- you are such you are gifted with the pen, you really are. You've got to write that book. Um but when it, what struck me was when I was reading it, the amount of families who are renting properties that are substandard mm-hmm. can't complain because they know if they complain They'll be shown the door and say, yeah. well, on your merry way, yeah. we, you know, we can rent it to somebody else. And they, they have no choice. I mean, you knew that there was going to, there was an end in sight for you. Yes. Uh, but for families raising children, it's, it's shocking. It's And no matter what you do to a house like that, that's that cold or yeah. like that, that's got mould growing, there's nothing is going to make that homely for a family as we head into Christmas. I mean, that's all. We were sitting down one night, PJ and myself, and that's all we spoke about. You know, that we were all, uh, what we were getting was like a snowflake melting on your tongue. It was such a tiny taste of what it's like. Yeah. But we couldn't imagine what it's like for those other people now. Shocking. 
It's, oh. it's, it's, it is shocking. But you've, you've, you're back in your own home. Is the work finished? Uh, getting there. Now, <laughs> himself decided to do all the rest himself. So he have all the floors laid. We got the kitchen in, so I'm able to cook now Great. and have a sink. And hopefully the Christmas tree will come out today because Christmas is my favourite time. It is indeed. But you're back in your own bed. That's all that matters. I mean, you don't appreciate your own bed. Till you, you, I mean, it's different when you, when you feel like getting out of your own house. But when you're forced to get out of your own house, it's a totally different yeah. matter altogether. Yeah, and there's, but even when you're away on holidays, there's nothing like that first night when you come home. Yes. Clean sheets and you're into your own bed. Exactly. Come here, how are you doing health-wise, Anne? Not too bad. Um, I, I'll be attending Marymount Hospice now on tomorrow morning, actually, for pain relief okay. for my back. Are you in a lot of pain? Yes, the, the morphine isn't working, but I mean, just arthritic pain I have from the treatment but we don't know yet what's causing there's nothing sinister on the higher end of the back okay. but um, it's just a pain it, it, I've no quality of life with it and it's really upsetting for PJ because if we go out for a cup of coffee or a meal it's a case of he looks at my face I can't sit down too long because you're in so much pain. Yeah. And that's where Marymount kick in and they're fantastic. Yes. Oh, they look after I'd you. I'd be lost without them. Yeah. And then plans for Christmas? <laughs> At this rate now, Chris, I'm telling you, the depression was setting in so I couldn't even think of Christmas. But it's just for the grandchildren. They, oh, no. You know, they came in and they said, Nana, you have to put up a tree. So hopefully the Christmas spirit will get into me Israel, Israel, because you are you are a great fan of Christmas. Will you spend it at home with PJ, or will oh, you go yes. to? Yeah, you will. Yeah. And when the kids come, they'll well, come. The kids, we usually have a family breakfast. They all arrive. Yeah. Christmas breakfast, and um, then I'll have junior son for lunch. Great, great. <laughs> well, enjoy it. It's a pleasure as always to talk to you. Stay, stay well and stay healthy, and look after yourself. And love to to PJ and and all of the family. And wishing you and John Paul and all at 103 a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. God bless. Mind yourself, all Anne. Bye-bye, right. bye-bye. That's uh, the wonderful Anne Hurley he joining us from uh, Charleville with a glimpse into what she's been experiencing for the last uh, number of weeks. Uh, bless her heart. Uh, Listener says, Patricia, what did you say you can get to clean the shower with the mildew? It, uh, I think, now I'm open to correction, but somebody will no doubt correct me. And they, I think it's made by Dettol, but I'm open to, uh, but... It, I'd have to check when I go home. It's in a green spray, you know, over where all the cleaning products are. And it's called Mold and Mildew Remover. It is unreal. And you literally, very strong smell of bleach off it. Now, I will will tell you that. And be careful you don't get it on your clothes because there's a lot of bleach in it. It'll destroy any clothes. So old clothes. Spray it onto the area. Leave it. Come back. In a matter of minutes, the mildew just disappears. It is a fantastic project. So it's mould and mildew remover. I'm open to correction but if somebody can check if they have it in their cupboard I think it's made by Dettol but it's in a green bottle. It's in a green spray bottle. 1850 333 103. Cork today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow. A Cork Christmas celebration. Get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade. Open every weekend until Christmas. There are now even more ways to listen to C103. Tune in on your radio, go online or grab our mobile app. And now you can ask your smart speaker to play C103. Play C103. Okay. So you can just follow me. Try it now. Try it now. 
This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Get off the child's bike. We've only just joined the Christmas club here in Pie Cycles. You'll break it. Aw, it's great, Crack. We definitely picked out the right one on their website. Love this one. People are looking. Please get on an adult's bike. Ow. Mortified. We'll take this one. And a helmet, please. Pie Cycles Christmas Club is now open. Deposits taken, gift vouchers available. We know all about bikes. We are PieCycles.ie. is frightful. Winter's here and Brosnan Boiling Golden Mallow are offering great deals on comprehensive home insurance. No gimmicks, just great value. So, if a storm arrives on your doorstep this winter, just let it blow, let it blow, let it blow. Call to Brosnan Boiling Golden Limited Mallow or visit bbg.ie today. Brosnan Boiling Golden Limited is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Monster Bovine is Ireland's market leader in cattle breeding and herd management services. With access to the best genetics, Offering a complete and integrated range of breeding, milk recording, fertility and performance enhancing services for herd owners. Their experienced livestock sales team have access to top quality livestock and can assist farmers in choosing the right animals for their farming system. If you are looking to buy or sell livestock, contact Munster Bovine today. Munster Bovine, collectively improving farm life. C103 is online everywhere. Connect with us across our social media and have your say. Find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter by searching C103 Cork. Visit our website c103.ie for the latest show info, podcasts and all the news from across Cork and you can listen live. Or take us with you everywhere on your phone. Download the app from the Google Play Store, iTunes or c103.ie. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103. Now, members of the public have been urged to lend their support to an initiative that could see Mallow Search and Rescue Unit take a share of a €100,000 funding pot. And to find out more, I'm joined by John Wolfe, who is chairman of the Mallow Search and Rescue. Good morning to you, John. Uh, I'm very well and you're welcome to the programme. Now this is a community fund initiative. Tell me about it and how you were selected for it. It's a community fund initiative run by the TSB and uh, what they actually do, we, what we were selected by the local branch here in Mallow, they put us forward for us. There was a, apparently there was about 100 nominations made for our area which would be Cork, Kerry, Tipperary you know, that, that side of and um local branch put us forward and we we got selected anyway to, we were in the five from our area there's five charities in our area selected and, and people have to, in, have to vote yeah. people have to vote yeah we have a there's a link on the permanent TSB page and there's a link on our Facebook page that anybody just click on and they can vote on that and it's a very simple procedure. I I try. I, I I voted yesterday. Checked it out yesterday, and I voted. And I'm assuming it's only one vote. Is it only one vote? Per, you can only do one vote. Well, I thought at the start I think you could only do one vote, but apparently not. Oh, so you can you vote can again vote. another day. You can, yeah. You All can right, vote okay. Again another day, yeah. Okay. And do you know how you are doing? We don't. Nobody will really know how they're doing until the twentieth. And the twentieth is the closing date. Twentieth is the closing date, yeah. Which is this so Friday? Then is they'll select one charity from each area to go forward, and uh, there'll be five different areas in the country, and there's a hundred thousand to be divided between the five. 
people, I think, to divide will work out on the amount of votes you received. Oh, all right. So, so you, you, you might get a fifth of it, you know, it could be... It could be broke down in different ways well, for our understanding of it anyway. When will you discover if you have one? On the 20th. Oh, on, this, on the same day that it closes, they'll announce the winners? Yes, okay. as, far as, we, as far as we know, it's on the 20th that they're going to announce it. Okay, so it's 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 permanent TSB. You can go onto their website. You can go onto the Mallow Search and Rescue website, and you've got a link there. And I'll see exactly. if I can get John Paul to put a link up on our uh, website as well, so that people on our Facebook page as well, so people you simply click on it's literally a matter of seconds, and your vote has gone through. John, remind yeah, yeah, yeah. remind listeners why this is important. Remind listeners why and how you are or how you are funded. Well, our, our funding comes from our donations, and we do a few, a few fundraisers ourselves, but mostly from donations from people we've helped over the years and that type of thing. There's no state that, funding? There's no state funding, no. No, there's no state funding whatsoever. We were eligible for a few grants here and there, are right? You know, towards buying boats and and uh, that kind of stuff, but they're, they're few and far between, all right? Uh, how much a year does it cost to keep the service going? Generally around 50,000 years is the running cost. The insurance cost, as you can imagine, are going up, same with everybody else. And, uh, insurance is running at about 17,000 at the moment. But you're going nowhere without it. You have to have it. I know. It. But it's it's a lot of money for a voluntary group to have to raise every single year. It is, yeah. It's it's a lot of money. But we seem to get there every year. At the same time, you know, in fairness, people are very generous towards us. And uh, from a huge area as well, not just Mallow. And Mallow is absolutely the backbone of what we do. The people of Mallow have been incredible for us. But, uh, you know, we get support from communities all over the country. Where you've gone out and helped and done a search and rescue. And yeah. in fairness, some of them keep coming back again. And do that, do that. They're great. Yeah, Have you, good, yeah. is your Christmas Day swim, will that be held this year? It will, yeah. Christmas morning, the usual time. We'll be starting somewhere around uh, half past ten from the Tin Archbridge down to Mallow Bridge again. Okay, so people can go out and I think that's become, yeah, that's to, become a tradition for a lot of people. Yeah, it has, yeah. We're going to share it again this year with, um, there's a homeless charity there in Mallow. They help people on the streets in Cork quite a lot. They're very good and we gave them half the money last year and we'll do it again this year. Well done. You're a great bunch. You're a great bunch. Have you had a busy year? No, on and off. So it's been busy a few times and then it seems to quieten down again and it's actually, we were talking the other night, it's one of the quietest run into Christmas we've had in about four years. Which is great, I take it so from your point great, of view. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, dude, it's All very right. good, yeah. All right. Well, listen. Uh, happy Christmas to each and every one of you at Mallow Search and Rescue. You're a terrific bunch, and we w- we wish you well in this uh, competition, uh, and we hope you, you you win the money. Thanks for that, John. Thanks very much. God bless. Bye bye. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Marion in Black Rock has been on to the programme this morning. She has a bundle package with Vodafone. It includes her TV, her broadband and her phone. She said the broadband and the phone all working fine, not a bother, but the TV service from Vodafone has stopped working and she's been without TV from Vodafone since Saturday. And she's wondering, has anybody else or any other households having similar problems with Vodafone, just the TV service? She says broadband on the phone is fine. It's coming up on the screen saying no signal. Contact your service provider. 
And then you can almost sense the exasperation. Marion says, I've tried numerous times to get through to Vodafone, but I can't get through to them, which is such a frustration. Now, obviously, on Marion's behalf, we've contacted Vodafone and we'll see if we get anything back before close of business of this programme today. But in the meantime, we'll just give it out to see, is it just an isolated thing in Marion's house? Is it in the Black Rock area? Are other people having problems? As I say, just with Vodafone TV. Let us know if you can add any light on that mystery that's happening with Paul Marion without a without TV coverage since Saturday 1850-333-103 and Dan says Patricia would you please give a mention to the superb performance of the choir and staff of Bolnskull Natobridi in Mitchellstown they are in the Opera House Christmas concert last night and they're also on stage again tonight they were absolutely wonderful says Dan so the choir and staff of Bunskull Natobrita in Mitchellstown take a bow folks you were great and then a huge number of people have contacted us about the mould and mildew remover when I was talking with poor old Anne Hurley and her tale of woe trying to rent a house a rental property just a holiday home was what she was trying to rent in the one shower with the amount of mildew inside and she just said she just could not shower inside in it and I was saying for the want of whoever owns that property buying themselves a bottle of the mould and mildew remover which I discovered a number of years ago and it is a most fantastic product well with that of course inundated with people saying what's the name of that product where did you get the product and lots of other people agreeing with me somebody says Patricia you're spot on that product is amazing and it is available in super value I mentioned that I thought it was made by Dettol straight away people were on to say yes Patricia it is made by Dettol and people sending on photographs of the exact product that I'm talking about it's Dettol Mould and Mildew Remover. Mary says, this is the product you're talking about, Patricia. I have shares in the company. I've used so much of it. It's brilliant. But as you said, you do need to be careful as it does contain bleach and it will bleach anything that it comes in contact with. And someone else uh, who signs themselves as a loyal listener says, Patricia, you're spot on with that bottle of mould and mildew remover. I wish everyone a happy Christmas and all the best for 2020. That's from Geraldine. Pat and Georgina O'Shea and uh, she texts me from Seafield in Bantry a loyal listener and then some others are pointing out another similar project but this one is called Mould and Mildew Blaster and it's made by Astonish Uh, this listener says this is sheer magic I've tried so many different sprays only problem now is the shower is cleaner than the rest of the bathroom by using this particular mould and mildew buster Uh, and this one and actually somebody else has said this one as well the the, uh, uh, Astonish one and the great the really good thing about the Astonish mould and mildew remover or blaster as it's called on some of the packs is it's not tested on animals and it's approved by the Vegan Society so that's kind of good as well because a lot of those products are not. So that's another one if people want to try that and where do you buy it people are saying. Well certainly the Dettol one is available in Super Value it's available I've bought it in Dunn's I've bought it in Tesco haven't bought it in any of the German outlet stores but I think the, the Astonish one is available in some of the German outlets the Aldi's and the, and the Lidl's and the Astonish one I'm sure I'm nearly sure I've seen that in Super Value as well but anyway widely available but it's mould and mildew either remover or mould and mildew buster the one I certainly can stand over is, is the Dettol one and it works incredibly well I mean 
I've never seen it fail yet. And if you've got mould anywhere, including, you know, I've got one particular shower. And even though I always open the window after showering, every now and again, you get little spots of the black mildew on the ceiling. And I've been able to use now with great care because you can't because sp- we spray it up in the ceiling it'll drip down on top of you but even just by putting it on a sponge and getting up on a ladder and getting up onto the ceiling and wiping over and you get rid of the mildew on the ceiling as well but it's fantastic in a shower it will bring a shower up like new somebody else said sent in a suggestion that kind of I hadn't heard of before was it into John oh yeah John Paul got a string of calls as well uh, from people on the mould and mildew remover and saying it's great people asking where you can buy it and all of that but Aoife in Blackpool was on to say what is really good is WD-40 if you want to even if you want to ski, clean the scaly appearance on a shower door WD-40 works for that as well isn't WD-40 like an oil that you put on a, for the, the squeak on a door? I've never heard of that being used to clean a shower. But according to Ethan Blackpool, it works a treat. And then as I say, lots of other people saying that yeah, that mould and mildew remover is incredible. 1850 Melissa in Mallow, you'll all have such clean bathrooms for Christmas and such clean showers. The visitors will be astonished. And Melissa in Mallow was on to say, my heating went last week in my home. Oh God help you, Melissa, waking up on a day like today without heating. I am in a council property. I rang them. A guy came out and fixed it, but it went again the day after and I'm still waiting for someone to come and fix my heating. And, and I know I can sense the panic in Melissa's call in that we're a week away from Christmas Eve this day next week is Christmas Eve and you don't want to be over the Christmas period you know for fear that you will get a cold spell even though a cold spell isn't forecast but we certainly have a cold week this week you don't want to be without heating okay we've contacted the council on Melissa's behalf and hopefully we can get that sorted out for Melissa and get her heating back up and running. Your thoughts welcome today as well. Insurance is all over the papers, making the front page of a lot of the papers with the insurance companies. They've been called on to immediately cut motor premiums. Now, this is due to a report that's come out from the Central Bank, which shows the industry is making huge profits. Who are they making huge profits off? On the backs of all of us drivers. The report shows premiums are up but claims are down. And insurance company profits, guess what, on motor policies? You know, you, you, we don't know rocket science here. They're high. Their profits are rising as well. The Central Bank report shows that the average motor premium was up by 42% since 2009 and last year. So in 10 years, we are nearly paying 50% more than what we were paying 10 years ago. Average premiums were just over €700, Euro, some €265 Euro more than they were in 2009. Over the same period, the cost of claims per policy fell by 2.5%. Central bank statisticians found the average cost of claims per policy was €226 last year, which was down almost €10 on what it was in 2009. Profitability for motor insurers operating in this market was 9% of their total income from last year. They really are making money on the back of motorists. This is considered to be extremely healthy level of profits for motor insurers. And obviously Peter Boland of the Alliance of Insurance Reform, who we've often spoken with on this programme, he says the report showed the greed 
of the insurance industries and while motorists continue to get frustrated when their premium comes in there's another group of people that are really being crippled when it comes to insurance and this is going to affect a whole host of people and this is to do with childcare providers so bad now is the situation and I think so many childcare providers and creche owners now are starting to panic that the Children's Minister, Catherine Sapone, decided to come out on this yesterday. And she is uh, to set, she's considering setting up an emergency fund for childcare providers after she admitted that she's stunned that some face a tripling a tripling of their insurance premiums. In a speech, Catherine Sapone says she was pretty stunned after hearing one provider's premium rose from €3,000 for this year. Premium is due on the 1st of January and she's been asked to pay €9,000 from €3,000 to €9,000. No warning, just a letter in the post or an email into the inbox which would have come in probably at the end of November start of December giving the month's notice insurance is up 1st of January if you want to renew this is what it is going to cost you the Minister noted that on Friday many providers also got a letter from their broker to say that a major provider was no longer going to be providing insurance into the market next year and that's going to ca- cause the real problem because then we will probably end up it's looking like with only one person insuring and of course if you only have one person insuring guess what happy days for that insurance company they can charge what they want Crash owners have been are all over the country saying how their premiums have increased and this caught me it's despite no claims being made against them while others have slammed how insurance have settled claims against them without their knowledge now that's a big frustration for all businesses when somebody puts in a claim against a particular business in this case it's a crash and if it got investigated, it might have been fraudulent or the business owner might have been suspicious of the particular case. But the insurance company looks at it and rather pay all of the legal fees. I should will settle that. But of course, that straight away then puts the business's premium skyrocketing. But it's shocking to think that somebody's premium can rise and yet they've no claims against them. So there's absolutely zero justification as to why somebody's premium could treble. So that's a major problem coming down the tracks because while it will affect those businesses that will go out of businesses and jobs obviously will be lost it's going to be a major headache for working parents whose child goes to the local creche or the local childminder if they find out in January and it's only going to break in January if they don't have insurance if they find out very quickly to probably close overnight that they've, they've no place to drop their child for creche in January so there's a lot of other businesses are going to be affected by this as well so we will follow this story and see as I say Catherine Sabone is talking about setting up an emergency fund for the child care providers how that's going to operate we will have to wait and see 1850-333-103 the dirty word of insurance yet again uh, has there been a month gone by this year where we haven't at some stage had some story to do with high cost of insurance text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 C103 Jobs With at College now enrolling for Christmas Junior and Leaving Certificate Revision courses your success is built on their experience see hewittcollege.ie A truck driver is wanted this is for livestock haulage and it's in the Mitchellstown area while a full-time permanent company accountant is required for inbound luxury tour operator, you'd be home-based in the West Cork area. Person wanted for drafting and CAD drawing for an engineering company, that's in the North Cork area. 
and a restaurant assistant is wanted for immediate start it's for maternity cover you'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more this is C103 we're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after 1pm on C103 with your local mace going the extra smile this Christmas and making your celebrations special Cork Today on C103 with Cork City Council and Glow a Cork Christmas celebration food markets Ferris wheel and a fun festive park on the Grand Parade visit Glow open every weekend until Christmas my favourite thing about Glow is going into Bishop Lucy Park and then afterwards going out to get a hot chocolate in the market. Cork at Christmas is amazing. I love going to the markets and everything. Crepes and mini donuts and then heading on to the Ferris wheel. Join C103 for the return of Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration on the Grand Parade every weekend until December 22nd. Take a family trip to town and explore Bishop Lucy Park magically lit by Doucher puppets and transformed into a Christmas wonderland where Santa is bringing the National Elf Test Centre. Take in the beautiful city views from the Ferris wheel. Indulge at the food markets and enjoy festive entertainment. Tis the season to visit Glow at the Grand Parade. Presented by Cork City Council, The Echo and C103. Now yesterday journalist and poet Ian Bailey was arrested and then released on bail after the High Court endorsed a European arrest warrant issued by the French authorities who are seeking his extradition to France to serve a 25-year prison sentence imposed by a French court after it convicted him in his absence for the murder of filmmaker Sophie Tuscon de Plantier. Ian Bailey joins me. Good morning to you, Ian. Uh, good morning to you, Patricia. And What's the weather like in West Cork? It, it, I'm, I'm, I'm up in Dublin. Oh, it's a very cold, crisp day and the roads are absolutely lethal. Really? Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad I travelled up yesterday volitionally on, on icy roads. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's pretty bad here this morning. Did yesterday's decision come as a shock or were you expecting the court to endorse the arrest warrant? Um, yeah, uh, yes, I was. Uh, to answer your last question first, yes, I was expecting, and I anticipated, I didn't, I wasn't under any mandatory obligation to come up yesterday from West Cork, uh, but I chose to, and I was very wise to, because as a lawyer, I couldn't see any reason why the judge wouldn't endorse the warrant, which would make me immediately arrestable. So I'm really pleased. It's one of the best decisions I've, I've taken uh, to come up. So, yeah. Um, so the other part of the question was a shock. Um, whew, well, I, I knew, I, I use metaphors. I called it, the, I knew the tsunami was going to, um, Boney's army, Bonaparte's army was going to sort of um, reached me at some point. And I'd been living literally on a sort of cliff edge from the end of May, beginning of June. Whew. Anyway, um, but the I'm high court. Let me say this as well. All of the thoughts of people who West Coast at the moment are focused on a young man in Dan Thornhill, musician. And they, he's coming back. He, he was almost taken away. And he's coming back. So, anyway, sorry, I'm digressing. Okay. 
Okay, no, I know, and I know you want to to reference Dan and to say thoughts yeah, and I, prayers. I'd also, like, also like to really, I mean, Jules, like carrying my rock um, down there in West Cork, in icy West Cork, and all the support and the people of, of West Cork have given me strength to to keep on to use Winston Churchill's expression, keep on buggering on. <laughs> but the High Court, Ian, twice blocked an arrest warrant yeah, by the French authorities. Uh, with this country saying you've no case to no, no, to no. answer, I mean, wh- were you were you secretly hoping that they would turn it down a third time yesterday? No, no, I, I knew. I'm a, I'm a pragmatist. Right? You have to say something. We know, you know. Um, so, um, no, this this is the third time I've been arrested under a, an EAW European arrest warrant. The first occasion that they tried to get me over as a suspect and that was ultimately blocked in the Supreme Court. The second time they tried to get me over as a uh, charged person under the Bonaparte law and that was rejected by Judge Tony Hunt. Absolutely. The This one, and now I've been convicted of a crime I had nothing to do with, is for my extradition because I'm thought as a convicted criminal under the French code. So the it, it, it's a different ball game. You know, it's a different ball game this time. But um, if you get if you get extradited, does that mean straight to jail for twenty five years? I don't know. Do you know, Patricia? I I, I you know. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I can't go there. And, and I, also, I was gagged uh, formally by Ponchester uh, Bonimer, uh, Frank Bonimer, my lovely lawyer, and thanks to him. Um, and I'm choosing to ignore his gagging order on me not to comment um, because I'm a poet. And it's a <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, it's, it's strange. Okay, and what is the in order for extradition proceedings to take place? What what would what will now happen? What are you right, facing well, into uh, in twenty twenty? Right, right. Wearing my lawyer's hat. Um, so the situation is this: I, I was uh, yesterday arrested for a third time, um, uh, really, really surreally. So um, anyway. And then I was bailed um, in a bond of 15,000 euros, which means that if I don't turn up on the 20th of January, um, when the proceedings will kick off, in effect, um, I'll, anyway, so, yeah. And I'm, I'm really pleased that, because that I knew this was coming. I, I don't know this ultimately coming from years and years and years. It's happened now. Just in, I think we're going to the third week of Advent, is it? I think so. Just before the, the Holy, you know, Christmas and everything. So I'm going to be able to return to West Cork, um, hopefully, <laughs> on non-icy roads. And, uh, look, you know, have a Christmas. And I've, I've been carol singing. Well, actually, somebody contacted us to say you were carol singing. You were at a carol service in Skull on Sunday night and somebody was wondering, were you aware of what was coming down the track when you were there? Yeah, Yeah, of course I was aware. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I was aware. Of course, I knew. But I carol sung up Hob High Street from the east to the west and from the west to the east on Friday night. 
And I must say, you know, singing is a great thing for anybody who's under stress or strain to do. It, it uh, lifts the heart. Are you a religious man? Um, I've always been a spiritual. I've never been quite sure about the religious bit. But I've always, I'm a little, I, I was brought up, they, they told me growing up that this guy, Son of God, Jesus, came down and, you know, and I was a little Jesus boy. <laughs> and, um, yeah, well, yeah, I guess I am. I think I'm becoming more of whatever it is. It's funny, the more they torture you, the stronger you get. And I, I think, think the older we I'm, get as well, and the older we get, we have a tendency to turn to think, spirituality. I think, yeah, but it, it, it's interesting when it's for, well, no, it's not being for. Anyway, I'm in a very good place. I've got a rabbi on one side. I've got a lovely Steve McGann, amazing um, American uh, Church of Ireland sticker in Dallas Hall. And I've got uh, angels all around me. Um, and you yeah. will need each and every one of them for what you've got to face into I, in 2020. You bet. You bet, yeah. you bet. Uh, but my heart's still very warm. Uh, I haven't grown cold in this. Um, I was frightened at one time that my... Yeah, you, when, you, when you get... Everybody gets tried and tested. Then my heart might grow cold. And I might become emotionally... And it's funny, it hasn't happened. It, it's, uh, anyway, I'm, ver- I'm very political, very local. I'm going to go off into Dublin today and I'm going to try and sell a few copies of... Your poetry well, book. Lose the opportunity. <laughs> either my first, the West Court Way, a collection of poems and ballads, or I'm in a John Wayne state of mind. And I think, <laughs> Patricia, yeah. I'm going to say to you, unless you have any more questions for me, all right, we'll leave it there, uh, Ian, and uh, happy Christmas to you. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and, yeah. Well, and listen, we appreciate you joining us because I know the world and his mother's trying to talk to you today, so we appreciate <laughs> you taking out to, to talk to us. Anyway, yeah, and, uh, call me anytime. Thanks for that, well, Ian. Bye bye. They're available in, 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 in the local bookshops as well. In, the, you know. in, in Skull. In <laughs> Skull. All Skull. right, take care. Okay, all over West Cork. He's a salesman. He's going to get his sales in at the end of it. That is uh, Ian Bailey uh, joining us. Uh, 1850-333-103. You can see a number of people uh, commenting uh, on uh, it. Somebody says, Sandy says, as far as I'm aware, the Irish law re-foreign extradition request was changed by the government recently to facilitate the EU or or US court system request. Otherwise, this request yesterday would have thrown out similar to the way the last to war. Ian was never taken to court because he's nothing to answer to here in this country, says Sandy, who in my opinion, the Gardaí want him out of the country as he exposed major flaws and incompetence on their behalf. And then Sandy, I can't, there's an allegation there. Um, I, I can't uh, read out for obvious reasons, Sandy, but Sandy thinks that TDs should explain how they allowed this law to be changed in the first place. Uh, Tim wonders why they didn't have, the, why um, Ian's legal team didn't instruct a good French defence team when the case was on in France. And Sheila says, hi, Patricia, would you wish him well from uh, me? 
Um, Tim, a, a, a different Tim says the interview is a waste of time. The warrant is accepted only to be tested in a hearing. Yeah, we're going to have to wait. Yeah, nobody knows he got arrested yesterday. The European arrest warrant was endorsed by the High Court. Now we have to wait and see whether they're going to actually allow the extradition or not. So this story certainly is not going away. 1850 John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862. 103 103. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade. Open every weekend until Christmas. Join Martina O'Donoghue weekdays from four on C103. The best in music, the up-to-date traffic and all the latest entertainment news. Drive time on C103 with Kellers of McCroom. The place to order your new Ford car or commercial vehicle for 2020. See kellersofmacroom.ie. I met Aaron have been on to say there's a status yellow rainfall warning being issued for eight counties from early tomorrow morning and we here in Cork were one of the eight counties. Met Aaron of forecasting very heavy rain for Cork tomorrow. I think it's from around 7am tomorrow morning so if you need any jobs doing outside I'll be getting them done today because we won't be you wouldn't be putting a dog out tomorrow according to Met Aaron. 1850 333 103. Now this Christmas day why not get all your family involved and run off some of that turkey and plum pudding by taking part in what is now Ireland's longest running annual fundraiser which is the Gold Mile. To chat about the Cork events I'm joined from Gold by Alison Balf. Good morning to you Alison. Morning, thanks for having me uh, Well on. You're, you're, you're very, you're, you're, you're welcome because the Gold Mile, I, I had to check this up yesterday, it's been going since 1982 so we're in the 38th year. What do you attribute to the success of it? I think the the, the most important thing that we're trying to emphasise this year is that you can just turn up on the day. There is registration available, but you don't have to apply before turning up. You can come on the day, give donate what you can, and then just take part and have fun. So you mentioned the first one was in 1982, which is absolutely incredible. It was a small group of people in the Phoenix Park in Dublin. And so I think about 100 or 200 people turned up. And now we've got over 130 events across the country. I wonder, did they ever realise what they were starting on that day? I I don't think so. (laughs) Um, It was just a group of people who were friends with uh, the founder um, of Goal at the time. They wanted to do something. Um, They thought Christmas Day is a great day when everybody wants to get together. And as I said, they headed out to the Phoenix Park. It's a good location for people in Dublin. And then I think it just caught on. Everybody heard the success and it travelled. And as I said, every corner of Ireland now has a goal mile and even further. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, and what I love about it, when I chat to anyone that, that I know who, who do it year after year, they say, you know, it's, it's now it's become a tradition for their family and they end up meeting people, some people that they only meet once a year at the annual goal mile. And there's something very special about that. It is. And we, we always we always say in the office, you know, meet at the mile because Christmas is a time when people go home. So if you work somewhere else, when you go home, you meet family or you meet friends. Again, people you might only see once a year and it's it's really great. And it's, you know, you were talking about the weather there. We're hoping it passes over by Christmas. But, um, you know, it's usually a nice, sunny, crisp morning on Christmas and Stevens' Day but it's really nice to get out um, as you said before the dinner or after dinner somewhere in the afternoon depends how early you have your dinner and just 
gives something that's giving back to somebody else and that makes you feel good about yourself as well because you're you're walking off the chocolate or the pudding or the turkey as well. Yeah, and the, by the way, the forecast next week is nice and mild. I mean, it's, it looks like we're going to have a nice mild Christmas, uh, which is great. Seven... There have only been a few over the years that, <laughs> yeah. that have been postponed due to weather. So No, it's, it's certainly not going to happen this year. Uh, and seven venues now in Cork. Um, when, and have you had time on it and where? We do. So three of them are actually schools which are hosting their own goal lines, which is great as well. It's, it's great to see younger people getting involved. Um, so the, the four that people can take part in themselves, um, there's three on Christmas Day. There's one in Donnerell Park. There's one in Cork IT and there's one in St. Catherine's GAA in Ballynoe. Then there's a brand new goal mile. It's happening in Canturk on New Year's Day. So people in the Canturk area, it would be great to show some support for the new event. Um, it's, it's really lovely as well, 38 years later, that people are still starting new goal miles. They're not just going along to one, they're, they're setting up their own one. We have a huge number of new miles this year as well. Again, all over the country. Terrific. Actually, somebody's issue just texting, is there is there a goal mile on in Cantor? There is, for the first there year is, ever. Yes. New, new Year's Day. New Year's Day. Day. That's, that, 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 that is fabulous. And as you say, if people want to register online, they can. But if you just wake up in the morning and decide, I'm going to go out and do the goal mile, please turn up. That's what we're saying to people. Yeah. That's, as you said, you asked about the success. I think the success is the the freedom, I think, to go at a time that suits you. Um, some are on for an hour, two hours, and some there's one start altogether. So there's a great buzz, you know, around the start line and a lot yeah. of people have whistles and everybody heads off. Others are in athletic grounds, GA grounds, and you find the competitive people coming out <laughs> to be personal best. Um, but again, it suits all ages, all fitness levels. You can go with the dog, with your kids, with your friends, with your family, go at your own pace, whether it's walk, run or crawl, we always say. So um, it's just, it's, it's great for everyone. And, um, you know, they're all different sizes. There's different events on it, each one. So find your local Goal Mile. It's, they're all listed on goalmile.org. And you can find one close to you, find the date and find the time as well. And again, you can turn up on the day, no registration required. And just donate. Donate what the, you can. Donate what yeah. you can. Yeah, I mean, I when I said earlier when I was teeing up that you're coming on the program, it's one of the, it's one of the the few I think events where you can have the baby inside in the buggy and you can have everyone in the middle and Granny in the Zimmer frame and everyone can do it and you just do it at your own pace. Exactly. And I said you do find at my local goal mile there are people trying to be personal best. <laughs> And then there's... Are you one of those, Alison? No, I I wouldn't be. (laughs) No, no. Okay. And then explain to us, Alison, how some of the money raised this year will be spent. So the money goes to our programmes, which are in 13 countries overseas. Last year, the gold mile total was over €250,000. So as you can imagine, it had a huge impact on our programmes in the Middle East, Africa and Latin America. We... We work in four different areas. Uh, We would work in emergency response and crises. Um, We work in health and nutrition. We work in food security and then sustainable livelihoods. So depending on what the country needs at the time where we're based, uh, we will adapt our program to to where the need is most. So our biggest programs are Ethiopia and Syria. In Ethiopia, there's a huge um, number of refugees from Eritrea and South Sudan. So... It would be a lot of people fleeing from their homes and they arrive with nothing, which would be an emergency program. 
where we also help there with health and food nutrition because there would be a lot of people malnourished from drought. In Syria as well, it's a lot of people who are displaced from their homes due to the conflict. And again, it would be emergency response, helping them in, in refugee camps and helping them find shelter. And then again, checking for signs of malnourishment, especially in younger children. And uh, Then after a while, they can move on to food security and then sustainable livelihood so they can build a new home for themselves in the new location that they find themselves in. Yeah, many of them coming from absolutely nightmare situations. Listen, you do an amazing work at Goal, um, Alison. Good luck with all of the Goal Miles. Uh, enjoy it yourself as well, because that's what it's uh, about. And uh, a very happy Christmas to you. And thank you for joining yeah. us. Thanks for having us. I just want to say thanks to all the organisers all over Ireland as well who help us out each year. Okay. We couldn't do it without them. Well done. Well done. Thank you so much. Thanks for morning. that. Bye bye. That is uh, Alison Balfe who joins us from Goal. And as I say, if you want to check out exactly where your closest Goal Mile is, you can go on to goldmile.org. 1850-333-103. Sheila in Mill Street was on to say that the Cale Bridge to Mill Street to Banny McQuirk Cross, were, the roads were lethal this morning. And she's pondering and asking, were those roads salted overnight? I, I don't know. I, I simply don't know. I know we were getting reports in that certainly the main roads, would that be deemed a main road? You know, certainly the road between Cork and Mallow and onto Limerick, they certainly were salted, even though looking at some of the texts and the WhatsApps coming in from people, the Cork to Mallow road was at a standstill in places. I mean, people, I think, just drive with extreme care when you get icy stretches like that but I don't know if the Mill Street to Banny McCork Cross if that area was salted or not if there's anybody from the council can let us know and somebody else wants to know what time is the Mallow Recycling Centre Quartertown opening today I'll have to get John Paul to check in with that because that was one of our first announcements this morning they got on to us to say that the Recycling Centre was closed uh, because of black ice all they said was at that stage was it would reopen later today but they couldn't give us a time because they didn't know when, you know, it's like how long is a piece of string. They didn't know when the black ice was going to disappear. So we'll check back in with them and uh, we'll let you know. But we certainly haven't heard anything in the last hour or two. So I would hold off because what we don't want is people going to an area to drop off recycling. You go to all of the bother and then you get there to discover it's closed or you can't get into the centre because of the black ice. So just wait until we get confirmation that it has reopened. Hi, Patricia. Could you please announce that the Ballinagree Folk Choir will hold their third annual Christmas carol service and it's on next Sunday night the 22nd of December 7 o'clock in St John the Baptist Church in Ballinagree. All are very welcome to come along and I'm great always advocating people to go along to carol services particularly ones that are held in churches because if you you know sometimes you'll hear people saying can't get into the Christmas spirit this year or some people will say it's gone too commercialised it's all about the shopping and the stress and have I got this and have I got enough of that and it can just really get people down and if you're just having or just a tough time of the festive season and you just want to feel that feeling that we all had when we were children I think it's always recreated beautifully at Christmas carol services Tim I don't know maybe it's just me I just think there's something magical about being in a church and the 
the, the, the all the old carols that we grew up with, the Away in the Mangers and Silent Night and the First Noel. It's just, it's, I think it's magical. I think it's magical. Maybe you think I'm nuts, but I'm always saying to people when I hear people say, oh, I can't get Christmas spirit. I'm always saying, track down a Christmas carol service in your area and go along. Uh, so thank you for that um, to 0862 Because somebody else was on wondering, is Glow... Has that finished? And it hasn't. This is the Christmas celebration that's on on the Grand Parade. It's on for the final weekend, this coming weekend. It will be on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And it finishes up on Sunday night, December the 22nd and the Bishop Lucy Park. It's magically lit by the Doucher puppets and transformed into a Christmas wonderland where Santa has brought the National Elf Test Centre this year. And it's a great big fun, great bit of fun. Of course, the Ferris wheel is there and all the food markets are there. And that's got a great festive atmosphere. So, yes, that is on again this Friday, Saturday and Sunday for the final weekend for this year. That's Glow A Cork Christmas celebration. We need to take a break. We have the news at 12 midday coming your way. We'll catch up with your calls and comments in the next hour. And we'll also talk with Joe Heffernan, who is offering words of advice to anybody who is uh, facing a Christmas without a loved one due to bereavement. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow. A Cork Christmas celebration. Festive food and fun. The Ferris wheel and so much more on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow. Open every weekend until Christmas. Nick Richards plays Cork's greatest hits for your workday on C103. I've got all your festive favourites from Wham, Band-Aid and the Pogues. It's the most wonderful time. TV chef Kevin Dundon pops in with a Christmas dessert idea. Is it good, Kevin? Oh, it tastes unbelievably good. More of Santa's Christmas calls. Do you want cookies or mince pie? It's going to be good, isn't it? Absolutely. Playing Cork's greatest hits while you work. Nick Richards. Weekdays from one. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Talking of Christmas, Joanne has been on to say she is surprised to see so many cribs that have the baby Jesus in situ. She said the baby figure shouldn't be placed in the crib until Christmas morning. And she's pondering and wondering how many homes today actually have a crib. I think what she's talking about is public cribs that she has seen. But she's wondering how many homes still have a crib. I'd love to hear from you if you do have a crib and have you have a very traditional crib. Is it a crib that's been in your family for many years? And what is your tradition around the crib? Are you with Joanne that you just put in the bare figurines and then you build it up as Advent Christmas Day happens and then subsequent arrival into the crib thereafter because it was interesting that we got that text in today because Patsy McGarry the Religious Affairs Correspondent with the Irish Times is writing a piece about the, the crib and who should be in the crib and who shouldn't be in the crib because a bishop, a Church of Ireland bishop uh, by the name of Michael Burroughs, he's Bishop of Cashel, he has outlined the correct sequence of arrivals to your Christmas crib up to the 24th of December. Your crib should be virtually empty, although carefully prepared and awaiting the arrival of the important people. So you should have some animals in your crib. You can also have some hay, obviously, in your crib, but there should be nothing else in it between now and Christmas Eve. And then he says in the Gospel, 
Well, this is the gospel according to Bishop Burroughs. On Christmas Eve, Mary and Joseph then will arrive. And then at around midnight, the baby Jesus can be placed in the manger. You can also have an angel singing above if you want to put an angel on the outside of your crib. Some people do that. And then first light on Christmas morning, that's when you pop in the shepherds. They've arrived, so you put them into your crib. But the wise men, now you need to hold off on your wise men. The the And he also says the Bible never tells us how many of them, by the way, I think it's... We've invented that there was three wise men. But the wise men do not go into the crib until when? The Epiphany, which is on the 6th of January. But the one really interesting part of this article that's really surprised me, and I'm wondering will it surprise many more, according to Bishop Michael Burroughs, the crib should probably remain in place. I mean, he's saying probably. Probably remain in place for 40 days after Christmas, which would take you up to the 2nd of February. And the 2nd of February is the uh, Feast of Candlemas. And it's the Feast of the Presentation of Christ to the Temple. And it's the last event in the birth story of the Lord. So if you want to be a true traditionist, you'll have your crib in place now. There'll be nothing in it except for the animals and the straw but you'll have it all ready and getting it ready for the arrivals next week and then you'll leave it there until the 2nd of February. Now, I don't know of anybody that leaves it there until the 2nd of February, but I'm just uh, wondering how many people still could go. Joanna's wondering how many families are st- still have that tradition of cribs and is it something... I mean, I'm assuming the children that are going to Catholic schools, uh, you know, they do their little nativity play, so they'll very much have the crib and will want the crib but when you put your crib up do you lob all the figures in do they all go in together including the three wise men and I got me thinking to the crib I have a crib that I bought a number of years ago and it's one of those ceramic ones so it's all in one piece so I can't add anything to it they're all in it already so and I've just left to have a good look when I go home but I'm sure the three wise men are there as well uh, but certainly like Mary and Joseph is there the baby Jesus is de- definitely there and yeah the three wise men are at the back actually now that I think about it so they're already in place and I can't do anything about it but, so we're talking about people with a much more traditional crib to mine do you put in your do you do you wait and not put in Mary and Joseph see I think the majority of people even if you are going really down the religious one and waiting to put the baby Jesus in. I think the majority of people will have Mary and Joseph in the crib and the shepherds will be there and all the animals will be there. You mightn't have the three wise men in and you mightn't have the baby Jesus in yet but I reckon the majority of people will have the other figures in. Actually, do you know I'll make a note of who I'll ask about that is Alice Taylor. Alice Taylor always joins us on Christmas Eve. It's kind of a tradition now that we've built up over the years. We have a chat with Alice on Christmas Eve just about her thoughts and reflections. She's one of those people that absolutely adores Christmas and she's great memories of her Christmas growing up in North Cork and then all the traditions that she's built up. Traditions that she's brought with her from North Cork to her own marital home in Inishannon and then traditions that she's built up that she picked up from her husband's family and traditions that she's done herself with her kids and it's just it's lovely it's just it's a chat I always look forward to I'll be, and I'm sure Alice she doesn't I think Alice puts a crib in the window of her house in Shannon. I'm open to correct him but I'm sure she does but we'll ask Alice about that next Tuesday what she actually has in the crib and is she one of the ones that doesn't actually put the baby Jesus in until as close to uh, midnight thank you though for that uh, Joanne but who knew that you're not meant to you're meant to leave the crib in place until 40 days after Christmas, which would bring us right up to the 2nd of February when we have long, long forgotten about uh, Christmas. 18, 1850 333 103. 
Um, Margaret says, I do, li- I too, like Joanne, agree. You shouldn't have all of those figures in the crib. Certainly you shouldn't have the three wise men. They've got to wait until the 6th of January. OK, some more of your calls coming in. Hi, Patricia. Did that woman on the radio about the Gold Mile say that the Gold Mile in Cantork is on, on New Year's Day? Thanking you. She did. She told us that the Goal Mile is on New Year's Day and I've just checked because they have this goalmile.org if you want to click on that page. And Alison Balf joined us from Goal and she said, yeah, the Cantor, it's a new one. It's New Year's Day, 11am and the organiser is a gentleman by the name of Tommy Milan. So your contact in Cantorque for anybody who wants to run the Goal Mile. Tommy Milan, New Year's Day at 11am and that's as much detail as I have. I don't know where they're meeting but if you go on to Tommy Milan in Cantorque he'll be able to give you all of the details. And a lovely text in from Gabriel. Say hi, I got my 50 euro voucher. It arrived in the post this morning for Sue's Asian Street Food Thanks a million and have a happy and peaceful Christmas. Many happy returns. Gabriel was one of our winners from last week. We had great fun with that uh, competition. And I mentioned about the creches and insurance and how creches and childminders all over the country are going, are facing a bit of a dilemma at the moment and a bit of a problem at the moment because the insurance companies, one of the main underwriters for creches has decided not to insure creches anymore and it looks like now there's only going to be one provider which therefore means that they can charge what they like and some creches have come public to say that they have received like one particular creche provider got a premium rise. It was €3,000 was their insurance for this year and they've been told if they want to renew from the 1st of uh, January it's going to be €9,000. So Catherine Sapone, the Children's Minister, said she is truly shocked and stunned that some creche owners are facing a tripling of insurance premiums and she is set to consider this consider an emergency fund for childcare providers. But one of our listeners is pointing out What about all the other businesses that have seen increases in their insurance premium? Is there an emergency fund set up for them or is anybody considering an emergency fund for them? And they list leisure facilities, recreation facilities, outdoor facilities, nightclubs. Haven't we had a a slew of nightclubs that have closed because of insurance costs? Bars have seen their insurance uh, go up. This texter says, if Minister Catherine Sapone can set up this special fund for creche owners and childcare providers under her portfolio, is she not opening up a can of worms? Won't all other business owners start looking to the government for help citing the example that has been made by Catherine Sapone. I think you're right. I do think you're right. Only time will tell. As I say, she's only considering it. I mean, in order to get the funding to set up that fund, she's going to have to go to finance. They, they might run her out the door as well. Uh, but we, we will watch with interest. 1850-333-103. Lines are open. Text WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting Communities serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Nagel Rice Secondary School, they're holding a Christmas concert with their choir and trad group. It is on Thursday of this week in Donorail Parish Church. Starts at half past seven. Mince pies, teas, coffees, etc. will be served in the community hall afterwards. And tickets are available from the school or from the local centre. That's Thursday of this week. And the Irish Blood Transfusion Service, they've got a donor clinic in Bandon GAA Pavilion tomorrow Wednesday from 3 to 5 in the afternoon and again from 7 to 9 uh, tomorrow night. 
and Drivers, musicians, singers and dancers are all needed to participate in the Renboy fundraiser in the Mwilan Newmarket area on St Stephen's Day. Proceeds will go to the Air Ambulance, Penny Dinners and For the Martin. If you can help, can you please contact Anne-Marie on 87 29339996. And Kilbritton's Autism Tractor Run will take place on Sunday the 29th of December with a 12.45 start. Registration will open at 10am in the morning. All proceeds going to Kilbritton Autism Unit and they're hoping for 500 tractors and if they get it it'll make it the biggest year ever. Just an update, Vodafone have been back to us and they are going to help Marion, you know Marion our listener in Black Rock whose phone and broadband is working but the TV and that she couldn't get through to Vodafone and it's just frustrating when you can't get through to talk to somebody so they promise they're going to help sort Marion in Black Rock out let us know, Marion, how you get on with that, please. And a lovely message came in on our Facebook page from one of our listeners, Mary, who says, once again, I want to wish everyone in the morning programme with Patricia a very happy Christmas. Many happy returns to you, Mary. I'm from Doris, but I'm living in Surrey. I listen daily to Patricia's programme. Travelling isn't easy for me as I've balance issues and I get around to using a rollator. Patricia brings home closer to my heart as I love hearing news of the West Cork towns and the local news, says Mary. Ah, bless your heart, uh, Mary. A happy and a peaceful Christmas to you and uh, hopefully you might get back to Doris one day soon. Now when people were saying with the roads what was wrong with the condition of the roads this morning they were so icy and people are saying to them, were the council out salting those roads at all? When we've been on to the council they were. They salted the roads at 7pm last night and the boys were back out again at 4am this morning but the problem was it rained at about 6.30 this morning and then it froze on top of that so they couldn't get back out again so that was the reason that roads were particularly lethal in some areas this morning. Okay and then just very quickly some of your comments on cribs that's been kicked off by Joanne wondering how many homes have cribs and then I was mentioning about the bishop who was giving the correct sequencing of the arrival of the Christmas crib if you want to be an absolute traditionalist. Jonah from Moy says some years ago I went to visit the crib on the afternoon of the 7th of January in our local church in Formoy. It was a Monday it had been taken down and Joan said I was really, really disappointed. What are other people's views? You might not always get a chance over the Christmas if you're very busy to get in and visit the crib and just to spend time in the, you know, the quiet and the peacefulness of sitting in front of the, the crib. Should it not be left up longer for at least a week after uh, Christmas? Because Joan says there really is something quite spiritual about the crib. Also, she says, does anybody know, Is there a, should there be a special place for the Advent calendar, an official special place for the Advent calendar on the altar? She said every year it is gearing towards the centre. But now it's if you go walk up the church, it's at the side of the church. So I'm wondering... Is there a tradition around the Advent calendar? I think it differs. I think it depends on the church and the priest and the parish priest. I've seen Advent calendars in a whole host of different places inside in a church. Some of your WhatsApps in Mary says, Patricia, with regard to the bishop and he giving us the correct sequencing of the arrival of the Christmas crib. 
if he had to prepare for 13 people or more on Christmas Day, Christmas dinner on Christmas Day, he wouldn't have time to think of the correct way to lay them all out. I'm in bed early and I'm up early to have all my preparations done. The crib goes up with the decorations all intact. Baby Jesus arrives prematurely, says uh, Mary. Thank you for that, uh, Mary. Hi, uh, Patricia. We have the official opening of our live crib this evening. Oh, isn't that lovely? That's in Lismire, the live crib. It's on this evening, Tuesday to Friday from 7pm to 9pm and then Saturday and is uh, from 6 to 9. OK, but it's officially tonight is the official start of the live crib. That, that's a special thing. Lovely to bring the kids along to if you're in and around Liz Meyer. Why not pop along there? Hi, lovely to have a crib. My little three-year-old granddaughter knows all the story of Christmas because of the crib and we've told her all about baby Jesus and that baby Jesus is the most important part of Christmas. Her mammy and daddy are also very good about it as well. That's a lovely text. Thank you. Hi Patricia, we have a small traditional crib that's over 50 years old and we carefully put it away every year and then it gets taken out the following year. That's from David from Drimley. That's got very happy memories of that crib. Could talk. Hi, says a Douglas listener. I've been so Sorting out my Christmas decorations and would you believe I've at least five cribs. Please don't ask me why, says a Douglas listener. And Dennis says, Patricia, if you want to be a true traditionist, there should be none of those white figurines as all of the skin colour on your figurines in your crib should be slightly tanned. But that's me just being picky as it's all about the meaning of Christmas and not going crazy over who's in and who's out of the crib. So says uh, Dennis. Thank you for that, Dennis. OK, and just a quick few more texts in. It's been go on or off tonight in Bantir, says the girls in Amalo. I want to know. No, we've no cancellations. I don't think there's any going to be any problems with the roads tonight because if anything, I think it's going to freeze later on. But then we're obviously going to get a thaw because we've got this status yellow rain warning from early tomorrow morning. So tomorrow's just going to be a bit of a washout. So I don't think we're going to, have to be worrying about frosty conditions in the morning. That's for sure. But certainly no, no cancellations to report for tonight. I mentioned carol services earlier. I can go along to a carol service if you want to get into that Christmas mood. For Moy's carol service is on in St. Patrick's Church on Sunday the 22nd at half past seven says a texter and all are very welcome. And I Patricia would you please thank everybody in the Bantry and surrounding areas who have supported Rower in the past year. Please remember the animals and continue to support the animal welfare work of the of Rower. Any unwanted gifts will be gladly accepted in the charity shop in the new year says a text Thank you for that. Okay, a quick call on Cribs. This is Jim in Ballancolic. Thanks for holding, Jim. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. You have a story about a crib. I have, yes. I worked in a school in Ballancolic for 25 years and the first Christmas I was there was Christmas 93. So we went away and we put up the crib and I just cut everything, put it into it. The baby Jesus and all went into it, the whole lot went into it. And one of the teachers came along and said, Jim, you know, he's not born until Christmas Day. And with a smile on my face, I just turned and said, did you ever hear of premature babies? <laughs> and we we had a great laugh and a great chat and a smile about the whole lot, you know. And it was great. And I walked there for 25 years. <laughs> and did you put baby Jesus, was he premature every year? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> No, that was just the first, just well, as a learning process. <laughs> and did you have the wise men in? Uh, oh, I had everything did in. You? And uh, every year after that, everything went in there, the baby Jesus. Oh, yeah. And when we'd close for the Christmas holidays, 
uh, before I went on to the last thing I do is put in the baby. Ah, well Jesus. done, well done. You know? do, you, do you miss working in schools at this time of year? Ash, I miss the crack and uh, I miss the I miss the kids. Yeah, you know yeah. And the crack and the crack we'd have. I used to have with the parents and the teachers and everybody that came in now to the school. We all had a great. There was a great camaraderie there between us all. And the honesty of children, and I think the caretakers of all schools, whatever it is, the kids always love the caretaker. I'd say you got to hear some great stories from children about what was going on at home. Yes, I have, I've had some fabulous stories and uh, some great memories. And uh, of course, uh, every Christmas in with the past, for the, for the last nine years I was there, I used to do the, the man himself at Christmas. Oh, did you? At, oh, well done. Christmas well done. Day. And do you see any of the children now? Because obviously they've, many of them, you've seen so many of them grow up. Have you seen them? Do you see them as adults? Oh, I do. I've seen them come back as parents themselves. Ah. You know, it's just fabulous to meet them. Like, and you say, like, good God, am I getting that old that I they know. have children now? <laughs> that they have children now in the school, you know? Happy days. Happy days. Uh, Listen, happy days. Have a lovely Christmas, Jim. And you too, Patricia. Enjoy. Have God bless. Bye bye. That is uh, Jim in uh, Ballancolic. Another premature baby been born into their crib in that school. 1850-333-103. John Paul takes your calls. Let's take a break. And we are back talking with uh, Joe Heffernan, who's going to offer words of advice. Um, I'm really hoping this will help uh, some people listening to us today who are perhaps dreading this day next week, dreading the whole week of Christmas uh, because of a loved one not at the Christmas table this year uh, due to bereavement. Cork Today on C103 with Cork City Council and Glow a Cork Christmas celebration get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade open every weekend until Christmas. Egg foil mock quidden and here is Farlin shot C103 air Kirkig is Museum Alien in the Carrache and Crawford Art Gallery Gurkig. Nuri Hulan Tootsheet Nadorsha, find to Tishkin's heart, Erin Rolls Suntasuch, Tagus Nahark Alien is a tale, Agus Suchal Turko, I'm sure. Tagnos Kun Rohiad Mila Kurtur Night the Bliana Higging Gallery, a hostage to a grill or Nakarach, in Akalish Opera House. Sayer Kadishach, the Trish Fibli, to Spontish, Agus Balu. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Talking to Cribs Robbie in Bantry says hi Patricia with a bit of humour I loved the way Mr Bean dressed his crib and that's from Robbie in Bantry I'm never a Mr Bean fan so I'm that's not on my radar but I'm sure it's it's raised a smile to many people who were and are Mr Bean fans thank you for that Robbie happy Christmas uh, to you and the creches Dan says Patricia should the parents not indemnify the creche owners by covering their own children this would also help, help eliminate rogue claims could the same principle not work for leisure centres this and I'm banging on and been mentioning that for since we started talking about insurance claims but seemingly the law doesn't allow that to happen which is to me that's the simple solution we all take out our own insurance and we all look after our, ourselves Hi Patricia does anybody know did they salt the roundabout this morning very bad happy Christmas to all at C103 they did it's the same explanation that we had for other roads they were out last night they were out early this morning but then it rained at 6.30 washed all the salt off and then it froze on top of that so there's nothing really the council or the workers could do about that Okay, let me go to the phone lines where Joe Heffernan joins us Good afternoon Joe Good afternoon Patricia Who's down with the I won't say man flu because you're on an antibiotic so you are a bit unwell Uh, Plus um, the latest addition is steroids. Oh, got a chest infection? Oh, the whole bit. There's, there's a nasty, a particularly nasty one doing the rounds this year. This, this is nasty. Hard to shake. Hard to <laughs> this shake. Is very nasty. But okay. anyway. We will get through it. We'll okay. You, you want, I have a really good text in that I'm, I'm going to read, read it to you because um, I think it'll, it will open up this whole debate or this whole section nicely. But you want to start by offering condolences to people. I would like to offer condolences to all those where a loved one um, has passed on and uh, especially, I suppose, really, especially uh, people for whom this is the first Christmas without a loved one, which is probably, well, no, which is definitely the toughest Christmas uh, of them all when a loved one uh, has, has died. Yeah, and I think it's the lead up to it and the thought of it uh, just yeah. can be it can be horrendous. So that prompted a listener, a regular listener to the programme to say, Joe's opinion, please. At Christmas two years ago, uh, now it's my, and they haven't said the word, and so I don't know whether it's a parent or husband, but it's somebody very close died suddenly. I didn't really grieve at the time, but at the first anniversary last year, I was hit with grief. I was hit with guilt, anger, depression. I went through an absolutely horrendous time. I got help and I got counselling, which I have to say has really helped. I was expecting the same thing to happen this year but thankfully it's very different and it seems to be much easier this year is this unusual says a regular listener well no what I would say is not in the least but it was amazing the way there that the person um, uh, whether knowingly or unknowingly um, mentioned some of the process of grief which is um, you know uh, Anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Maybe that at this time this year that acceptance has settled um, or it's so unpredictable. Um, There are no rules. There are no um, 
the right way or the wrong way. It's just whatever way it is. And no two people grieve the same way. Yes. And no one should expect that another person, uh, to put in that horrible old word, should um, uh, grieve in this way or that way. Everyone grieves differently. And, um, you know... uh, it, it would be very inappropriate to expect that a person, um, you know, oh, oh my God, she's having a, a, a real good laugh there at um, some comedy program. Uh, fine. That is just absolutely grand. Or a person wants to have a good old cry. Fine. Um, it's just that... Um, uh, I think that's one of the main things I'd like to get across today. There are yeah. no, there is no correct way to grieve. And to that listener who describes the didn't grieve at the time and then the grief a year later on the first anniversary hit them like a, a tsunami, that's not uncommon. You would hear of people, it's almost like you, they suppress the grief and then suddenly it hits them. Whatever it is, because I remember in my own instance now, and it's a rather amazing kind of a thing. Um, I wasn't well when my mam died. And um, maybe I didn't grieve. Maybe I was too wrapped up in trying to get well. Um, but I was driving to Limerick one night. And believe it or not, Patricia, this is rather, I suppose, very unusual. Seven years later, well. I just thought about her. I got a big um, emotional, um, uh, tearful time, pulled in at the side of the road, had a good old cry, remembered my mam, and all of that. Now, that was, I mean, I, I, I know it sounds a bit different, maybe very different, but that's what happened. And um, and that's okay, too. Um, you know, uh, maybe I was wrapped up in my own problems at the time and um and and that these took precedence um that might sound selfish maybe it was um but i'm not going to judge myself about it i'm not going to say oh gee joe that wasn't the way to do things <coughs> excuse yeah. me yeah, there's going and to be a couple of coughs no you're all right and mm. somebody would text saying christmas is such a sad time for us particularly since we lost our son in an accident. That was actually 21 years ago. Even though we have a lovely family to spend Christmas with, God bless Joe, it can still be a very sad time for us. And that's uh, 21 years on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like the empty chair, um, you know, and the the things that can trigger the tears. And (laughs) excuse me. Maybe I was listening to the radio on my way to Limerick. I'm not sure. But maybe something triggered um, the grief. Now, that can be uh, one is in the supermarket and there's a Christmas call, one that maybe uh, a loved one enjoyed, um, maybe one that was shared in the household. <coughs> and um, uh, But there's nothing wrong with tears. And, uh, you know, and don't feel you need to suppress the tears. No. You know, if, if crying is for you, then crying is for you. Absolutely. And don't be afraid either to... Um, that you're going to kind of bring down the mood by talking about the uh, the loved one. Um, no. Um, uh, if if you feel like taking out a few photographs, if you feel like reminiscing about good times um, spent with the person, by all means do so. Um, you know uh, that um, you 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 might like to, as it were, 
do something different uh, on the first Christmas. You might, you might not. Um, uh, I was reading about somebody's um, grieving there about Christmas, and the person wrote the first, the worst anniversary for me has always been Christmas. Um, it was always important to us as a family, and the loved one's absence was very painful at that time. Um, uh, and uh, this person didn't have Christmas at home for a number of years. Um, uh, it was either spent with good friends or, in fact, um, the person went away and spent Christmas abroad. Now, that's, uh, if that's what that person, if, if that's how they got through that, well, then that was the right thing for that person to do. And it's the same with particularly the, the first one, but this can be applicable for the second, the third, any any uh, Christmas. But if there are traditions that you always did with your loved lo- loved one, and if you feel keeping up that tradition is going to be too painful, then there's nothing wrong with dropping that tradition. It's not to say you won't go back and do it again, but maybe initially it's, you know, it's okay. It's okay to say, no, I, you know, maybe you always went to midnight mass together or maybe you always put up a certain Christmas tree in a certain room and you just think you're going to find it too upsetting to walk into the room and to see the tree. Then just don't do it. Absolutely. And I mean, don't be a bit afraid to either keep up rituals and traditions that will give you solace and uh, br- bring you peace, or don't be a bit um, uh, judgmental of yourself if you decide that you won't do that at all this year. Um, you, 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 you might decide that this year you won't, and then when it comes to next year, who knows, you might decide that that would be a thing to do. Some people would like to visit the grave on Christmas Day, other people might say, no, I just couldn't take it. Um, uh, it would be too much for me. And both people are right for themselves. But don't uh, be forced into doing something. No, no. And just because others might say that they're visiting the grave, um, uh, th- that doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, I must do that too. I, I, I can do it if I feel like it. But if I feel it's just going to bring me way down, well then, um, you know don't. Some people might love to look at old photos, um, holidays we had together, um, previous Christmases with family, um, lovely, uh, absolutely, um, and another person might say, no, I just could not be looking at those now. <coughs> Sorry, yeah, at you're, this time you're, of year. You're back again. What's right for one person is not going to be right for for another another uh, for another person. Uh, a listener contacting us, Melissa, uh, said, "I didn't start grieving the death of my mother until after the first anniversary. So I'm glad to hear that I wasn't alone. That somebody else went through the very same thing. But what happened with me was, I somebody started bullying me after the first anniversary of my mother, thinking I oh, she must be well over that grief. And the bullying was dreadful, and it was at my lowest point. You need to get across to people that just because the first anniversary has passed, somebody may still be in the throes of grief. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the last thing that anyone should dream of saying to somebody um, isn't it about time now that you were recovering yeah. that's, that, that, that's a complete no no um, yeah um, we all, we're all different human beings we all um, respond in different ways to um, uh, tragedies um, uh, bereavements and uh, we should be allowed uh, to, to do that whatever way 
we can do it. I mean, um, there's many a person might decide to have a little ritual uh, on, on on the Christmas day. It could be to light a candle. It could be to have a candle on the Christmas um, uh, dinner table um, as a uh, as a, a memento, um, uh, a reminder of the loved one who has passed on. Um, it could be um, a particular, uh, maybe, decoration on the Christmas tree, if one has decided to dress the tree, um, uh, and, and, and all of that. But um, to, to be gentle with yourself and to, uh, to realize that whatever way you are, is the way that you are and that that is okay. Now, it might be a good idea, um, even if you didn't feel particularly like it, it might be a good idea if there aren't people around you to maybe ring a friend, um, uh, have a chat. Um, don't be a bit uh, shy about saying that you feel quite down. Um, those who are blessed with uh, belief um uh, may decide to go to church and to pray for the person and as many a person would pray to the person and yeah. say look I need you today um, you were always good to me and I need you to be good to me right now because I'm I'm not great today I'm, I'm feeling down and uh, you know I don't know how many people I would have spoken to down through the years who would say that they'd have a word with their mum or their dad who had passed on and uh, I, I would do that myself. Okay, and I, I'll actually read this for you because I know you're, you, with your throat, you're too croaky to be able to do it yourself, yeah. bless your heart. But you came across, it's a, it's a reflection, a little poem called uh, Remembered Joy. And, yeah. and we read this for, for anyone who is facing grief uh, and Thank loss uh, this Christmas. Don't grieve for me, for now I'm free. I followed the plan God laid for me. I saw his face, I heard his call. I took his hand and I left it all. I could not stay another day to love, to laugh, to work or play. Task left undone must stay that way. And if my parting has left a void, then fill it with remembered joy. A friendship shared, a laugh, a kiss. Ah yes, these things I too shall miss. My life's been full, I've savoured much. Good times, good friends, a loved one's touch. Perhaps my time seemed all too brief. Don't shorten yours with undue grief. Be not burdened with tears of sorrow. Enjoy the sunshine of tomorrow. That's gorgeous. Lovely. That's a lovely piece. And we have that. If anybody wants a copy of it, uh, we can get it out. OK, let's wrap it up there, uh, Joe. Listen, mm. have, a, have a good Christmas. Hopefully. Um, and I hope you get over the antibiotics yeah. and the steroids yeah. work yeah. and you'll be back fighting fit. And we'll talk again in 2020. We certainly will. God bless. Mind yourself. Yeah. That happy is Christmas. Happy Christmas to you. Yeah. Bye bye. And to Mary. Uh, God bless. That is uh, Joe Heffernan who runs a counselling practice. Even with his croaky voice, he still runs his counselling practice in Boherbury. His number is 029 And don't forget, we don't want anyone to be alone at Christmas this year, particularly if you're in the Dunmanway area. A reminder once again that the Dunmanway community Christmas dinner is operating in Cox's Hall on Christmas Day. If you'd like to attend or you know of somebody who would like a Christmas dinner in the Canturk area you can still contact Joe at 085 865 9782. They also have arranged transport if people have problems getting transport to and from at Cox's Hall on Christmas Day. They're a terrific bunch they've been doing it for the last number of years making sure because there will be people who will be alone at Christmas and there's one, one group doing something 
something to help out people just to, so they'll have a fun uh, Christmas. So well done to every, everybody there. And we just gave some breaking news in from a council meeting to say that the pay parking in Mallow, which has been operated by a private operator, was contracted out. The council are going to take back control of pay parking in Mallow and we'll have more on that story on the programme tomorrow. And that certainly will be a welcomed news for a lot of people in the Mallow area who've been complaining about the private operator who operates pay parking in Mallow Towns. So as I say, we'll have more on that story uh, tomorrow. That's just about where I wrap it up for today. Uh, Thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon. Um, he will be, and we will be back with you tomorrow morning at, at 10 o'clock. I'm trying to read messages that are coming at the same time. You shouldn't read and speak, should you? Okay, that's where I leave you. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 10. I'm Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration, festive food and fun, the Ferris wheel and so much more on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow, open every weekend until Christmas. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.